my fire, my drive continually comes back to, I know I have the personal capacity to do X amount of transactions this month and I want to make sure that I hit it because if I don't, it usually comes back to, I didn't work hard enough, I was lazy. I don't like this notion that, well, the market is slow. Well, the market might be slow. If there's half as many transactions out there, then I need to double the amount of activity that I'm doing to continue to reach my goal. Welcome to Real Sask, a podcast about the real estate in Saskatchewan with your host, Atif. Welcome to Real Sask, a podcast where I get together with professionals and discuss the real estate trends in Saskatchewan. Today, we are diving deep into the story of a remarkable realtor here in Saskatoon. With decades of experience and a dynamic presence on social media, this realtor is a true gem. So please welcome Scott Ziegler from EXP Realty. Thank you for joining us today, Scott. Happy to be here. Awesome. So let's start. Like, so how did you get in real estate? You know, my wife and I got married and we bought our first house together. And just kind of going through that experience of buying that house, it was a fixer upper, it was a starter home over the course of our first three years with a hammer and a screwdriver we started with. We renovated that home and I just got a passion for real estate at the time. And then looking back, I kind of think back to our journey of looking at houses and not knowing anything. And my real estate agent told me I needed to give him a deposit by the end of the day. I literally had to go to one of those payday loan places to quickly get access to $5,000 because the rest of them were in mutual funds, right? So I just, I wasn't fully clear on the process. So when I got into real estate, I wanted to, I guess, help guide people through that process a little bit better. And then buying our first home, renovating it, it really gave me a passion for real estate. Amazing. And how long ago was that? I had hair when I started, um, (laughs) but uh, 2006, 2006. So I'm definitely a veteran. That is amazing. So that has been like, it has been a long time. It's almost like 17, 18 years, years, 18 years. Good for you. That's amazing. So since you started, right? Like you probably like went through up and down, up and down, right? Like because I remember eight, 2008 to like 2010, 12 or 13, it was busy. And then I remember from 15, like, you know, 16, 17, 18 was like so slow. Right. Right. So you've seen up and down, right? So one of the thing I always wonder as a realtor, you've been doing it for so long. What are your like personal challenges you face when you're basically doing this job? So if I look back on my career of what personal challenges I faced at the beginning, I was very fortunate to join a team right off the start. And I think that joining teams or different organizations sort of has a, a negative undertone in our business. But if you are less than five years in the business, and you're not seeing the production that you want to, you absolutely should join a team. If you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking, well, I want to get into the business, I'm following along, don't figure this stuff out on your own. Work with people that have already made the mistakes that you don't have to make. And so the personal struggles that I had to face getting into the business, I think were a lot less than maybe somebody that's just trying to do it solo. And then if I look back or look at my career where it is today, some of the struggles I think that I find right now is that because I've been in it for a long time, I am growing my own team. I know that you are as well. You understand that you start to get pulled in multiple directions. And I think for me, 
time blocking has been something that I've been wanting to do for a long time, but really haven't gotten serious about. So just putting stuff, non-negotiables in my schedule, knowing that I have to complete those. And I think that's always been a bit of a struggle for me. I can, I'm very reactionary. Something happens in my business and I react to it versus having those checks and balances, those time blocks so that I can sort of dictate my schedule and having, instead of having my schedule dictate me. This is amazing though. This, what you just said in this joining the team and joining the right team, people don't understand how valuable that is. It's very valuable. It's insane because you see, I wish when I started that someone told me, Hey, go start working with the people. Doesn't matter how much you're paying. People think paying like 30%, 50%, whatever the cost is, it's what the value getting out of it isn't unreal. Like when I became a mortgage broker, I thought like, you know, by myself, I can do it because I worked for RBC for so long. Like I was working for the bank for almost like eight years. And knowing that, you know, I worked for the bank for so long, I would be able to do it by myself. Like I didn't need team. But it was the worst thing I did to myself. It was so bad because trying to figure out everything on your own. And then again, the, my brokerage, uh, my principal broker, of course, he's busy too. So I can't even say it's his fault, but it should have been me doing my interviews before I did this and like find out the best way. Because now when I started the team, it's like people don't understand how valuable that is. They can call me or you know what the system I'm going through, what I've done for the last five years, you're getting it like right up front which is mind blowing because I had to figure out every single thing on my own. And for that, it just, it's basically, it's priceless. And I think the other thing too, is that it's probably different than mortgage broking, but in in real estate now with the birth of the cloud-based model, you can join teams where you get the training, the systems, and actually people financially incentivized to make sure that you do well without a cost. Yeah. So there is no splits and stuff. So there's there's lots of opportunities for people to get mentorship that isn't going to cost them a lot of money, but will help them get so much further down the line. Yeah. So what made you started this team? Like what happened there? I think that there comes a point in your business and maybe in life in general, as you get older, that you realize that you have something to offer. When you're young and you're hustling and you're grinding, I think a lot of time it's about you. You know, you're building something, you're building your empire, your business, whatever it might be. But you get to a point in life when building for yourself isn't as important as helping others build with you. And so I think that was part of it, just knowing that I have something to offer. And then the second part of it is, and you'll know this, and any entrepreneur or business owner will, listening will know this, is that it's a lonely game. Yeah. Especially real estate, especially mortgage broking. You're in your office, you're at a client's yeah. house, you're back to your office, you're showing like it's very, very lonely. And to have other people to go through the valleys and the mountains with you is there's something to be said about that. The camaraderie, the you know, I had a new fella join my team recently, and he's already like three months in the business, taught me stuff that I never really thought of. Wow. And just his fire is sort of reignitioned my fire as well. So I just think it it creates good synergies. That's amazing though. And you're so right. When I started my first year, it gets lonely in this business. And especially like, you know, you're having right people to work with you, you're getting motivating, seeing them, how they doing it. And if other people in the team doing good numbers, you want to do better and or finding out why they're doing it better in our team too. Like we have somebody so good with AI. And I seriously, I'm good with just Instagram, but like anything else with me, it's like, I'm like, oh, I don't know how to do it. I've never used this. So it is tough, but now my team members are doing it. So I do want to use to or get used to it or 
use it. So it does help having the right people. One of the things that I've been actually following you for a while and your social media is just amazing. It's just a Thank beautiful you. work. And I don't know how many hours you're putting in. It does look like you're putting in a lot of hours in that. In that. So if anybody's like, once we, you, whoever listening to podcasts, they should go check out his Scott Instagram or like videos. Do you have a YouTube channel too? I do. And right now, the gurus are saying that YouTube channel is the number one channel followed by email marketing, Instagram's wow. third, TikTok's fourth, yeah. down the line of channels that you should be pursuing. And I have found a niche in my YouTube channel and all those other agents that are trying, but I found a niche in my YouTube channel that literally no other agent in my marketplace is tapped into because it's a search engine, it's organic video, it reaches people far and wide. And YouTube has been a real asset to my business over the last number of years. Wow. So if I am a realtor starting in getting into this business, do you think I should start a YouTube channel? You must. You must. Oh, wow. Okay. See, I've tried it, but I, I just, I suck at it. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That's why for me, podcast is just amazing. I can, I love doing this. I love talking to people, but whenever I'm sitting in front of camera, it just, that's why whenever I watch your videos and you're just amazing. And I'm like, this is beautiful. Like I know how much he's time put into this. And what you had to go through to make those videos, but good for you. So you've been doing it for so long. So like, you know, 17, 18 years of doing real estate. I know probably you didn't have Instagram or videos you were doing before. So how are you staying motivated? Like what happened there? Whenever I talk to someone who's been doing business for like 10 plus years, it's they're like, ah, I'm done. Like, you know, I've done it. So I don't want to change with the time. I don't care about this AI crap or like this social media. I don't need to, right? So what motivates you to like keep doing like? Because after doing it so long, now you're doing all the social media. Now you're starting a team. But seriously, if I was a realtor, I would want someone like that who's changing with the time. But I would love to know how you stay motivated. Like, don't you think like, you know what? I've already put in like 17 years of my life. I don't need to do it. Like, what gets you keep going? First of all, I'm only halfway there. Mm. So there's sort of, I think there's two parts to your question. I'll answer the changing with the times question first. And I am a consumer of, I guess, content. I follow other pages that they say, okay, you need to make a video. It's like, okay, I guess I need to make a video. I'll figure out how to make it. You need wow. to start a YouTube channel. Okay. I guess I'll figure out how to start a YouTube channel and I'll make it. And I think where sometimes realtors and business owners, they get stuck in what's comfortable, what they've always done. And as times change, they don't want to change. And so I just think there's like all these things that are changing are actually making our lives easier. You think about this, you go to maybe not like a big, big concert, but you go to a, a small intimate concert, you know, there's 5,000 people in that room. Take a look around and see how many people are in that room. You record an Instagram video that gets 5,000 views. You just got in front of all those people where you couldn't talk to all those people one-to-one, yeah. -one, you know, so just finding ways to leverage my business. And then the way that I stayed motivated and I have stayed motivated year over year over year, it comes back to my goals that I set. And I don't necessarily have an income goal, although there is a number associated with my goal, but I break out my goals as to the number of transactions, you know, whether it be per month or, or per year. And that's based on my personal capacity. And so if I don't reach a goal at the end of the month, I don't think to myself, geez, that's $5,000 that I didn't get. 
I'm really disappointed because I know I had the capacity to do five deals or 10 deals in the spring or whatever that number happens to be. And so what keeps me pushing forward is knowing that I've set a goal that aligns with my personal capacity. I know that I have the time, the energy, the skill to do X amount of transactions this month. And it changes like it in January, my goal is one deal just to get the ball rolling. Then it goes to two and then it's three. And then it's like six, 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 you know, four, three, two, like whatever, you know, however it starts to to, to tail down in September, October, November, December. And so I just know like, Hey, in December, I know I can do two deals. The market slows, there's Christmas. And so my fire, my drive continually comes back to, I know I have the personal capacity to do X amount of transactions this month. And I want to make sure that I hit it because if I don't, it usually comes back to, I didn't work hard enough. I was lazy. I don't like this notion that, well, the market is slow. Well, the market might be slow. If there's half as many transactions out there, then I need to double the amount of activity that I'm doing to continue to reach my goal. And so if I don't hit my goal, it's usually based around the fact that I didn't do enough to hit that goal. And you've probably heard this before, but there's two types of pain in your life. The pain of and suffering of not accomplishing or the pain that it's going to take you to accomplish something. So you're going to feel pain either way. I'd rather have pain accomplishing something than the pain of looking back and realizing I didn't do enough that month. Yeah, that's amazing. You know what? I just thought about it too. I'm like, that's so true. When I don't hit my goals, what I actually thought about doing it that month. And then I look at the month, what happened? And I'm like, oh, that's just painful. (laughs) And then you think about it, but like you should have went the other way and do the work more and go through that pain and feel good at the end, right? So that is amazing. We do in, in our brokerage too, we do is we don't do goals. Usually we will do like, basically like daily task in yeah. a brokerage more. So at the end for my CSC, whenever the brokers come to me or like, they'll tell me like how many deals they're closing next month. My always my reply to them, I'm like, good for you. Like, you know, at least we know you're paying your bills. At least we know you're doing good, but I really don't care how many deals are closing. I want to know what you're doing every day for like past 30 days. What happened there? Yes, you closed seven deals or 10 deals last month, but what else did you do? Right. So we actually start doing more focusing on the mindset like how are we going to make sure that every month, not just deals we're closing, but that's coming, right? We don't have any control over that. That's coming or not coming. But the things you're doing every day to make sure you get to those deals that you plan to, that is big for me. So that's why we in our brokerage, we never focus on like goals. I have the minimum goal for everybody just to make sure they pay their bills. And if they're doubling or tripling it, I'm just saying, thank like amazing, good for you. But it doesn't matter for me because I want to know what else you did to make sure like you know, how many networking meetings you did or how many events you go to, right? What did you do when the client came to you? How did you make sure your clients were happy with you? You know, are, the, are your clients going to go out and talk about you, right? Those are the things that for me, it's like makes different when you do your business, because when you do your business good in this business, like you always grow, you always do well. Doesn't matter. Market can go up and down. Yes, it does make your number a little bit go up and down. But if you are doing good to your people, the business will come back to you. That's a big Agreed. So you've been seeing, again, you've been seeing up and down and you've been listening, like, you know, watching news and what's going on in the market. What's your prediction for the real estate market in this coming year? Great question. I know I did a, if, speaking of Instagram, if you scroll back to January 1, I did a prediction video, what I thought was going to happen in the market this year. And at the end of this year, I'll, I'm probably going to have to admit that I was wrong. I didn't see the volume of transactions that we've had this year coming. And so, you know, obviously it's the million dollar question of what's going to happen in our market. And I think just listening and watching what's going on, 
interest rates haven't seemed to have had as big of an impact on buyer demand. And I think there is a bit of FOMO. People hear, hey, listings are down. You better get into a house. The thought is, is that when interest rates drop, there's going to be so many more buyers into the market. And if we're not adding new supply to the market, that's going to affect prices. So I think what we're seeing now will continue probably until either something happens with interest rates or something happens with supply or something happens with the economy. One of those three things are going to have to break or explode really to change what's happening in our marketplace right now. And at this point, it looks like the next 6, 12, 18 months is probably status quo of what we're seeing in the market right now. Hmm. Yeah, you're right, actually. Anybody you talk to like January, they had different predictions for the market for this year. Even the economists I listen to, they'll say one thing or other thing. It's just the biggest thing is to look at is from my point of view, what I've seen is just like right now, it is a little bit better market for a buyer compared to what we had for the last two years. Is it going to get better? If the rate goes down, I don't think it's going to get better from buyer side because it's going to get to the point where the buyer is going to come out at once. And again, like people are just putting in 20 offers in one listing because the buyers are out there. Like a lot of pre-approvals I've done in Saskatchewan and Alberta, a lot of people are just sitting and waiting for the rate to drop. And anytime they do anything with the rate where the rate drop a little bit, they're all going to come out at once. Mm -hmm. So you can buy a house for 400,000 right now with like maybe two or three people. But then in like, you know, a couple of months or three months or six months, you're going to have like 50 people competing with the same house. You're getting for 450. So yeah. you might lose five, ten thousand dollars on the higher interest rate right now, but then you're losing like forty, fifty thousand dollars if it does. And which I personally think there's a lot of buyers just waiting. A lot of buyers. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So one of the things that I actually always love finding out, like as a real estate agent, what is the most important thing you've learned about people that you think it's just, you know, something that I didn't know before I started being a realtor? I'm always reminded of, I sold a double wide trailer. This was a decade ago, like $25,000. This place was a piece of junk, but I will never forget the look and the excitement on the client's home on possession day when we went in there. In fact, to date, I have not had somebody as excited to be a homeowner as these people were on this double wide trailer in the trailer park in Saskatoon, just a ratty old trailer. And that lesson has never left me that we are not necessarily just selling houses and buying and selling. We are really giving people a place to call home. We're helping people out of divorces. We're helping people with that just had you know kids. And so I think that I've come to realize that we're dealing with human beings in human lives and they are very complex. Every deal, every person, every need is different. And so again, I think just dealing with the complexity of people has really shown me that myself, I have to be versatile. I have to be able to deal with all people in all situations in all times. And it's been a wild ride. It really has. I've dealt with some really great people. And I've dealt with some of the worst people that you can imagine. And in those situations, I always take a step back and realize that I'm here to serve them. It's a one moment in time and, you know, on to the next one. Yes. Yeah, that is so true. I actually approved somebody a mortgage and her situation was really tough. She got declined from most of the banks she applied. And when I approved her, she started crying and she just hugged me so tight. And, you know, that kind of like puts you in a place where we go through so much stress where 
financing date for us or like for you guys showing 50 houses and people going with someone else is like at the end when you see respond like this that you've done it to someone's life where she's actually going to be living in a home with kids and all the situations she went through and now she has a home because of you you're one of the reasons that she got that home you feel yeah. so proud you know you feel yeah. good about what you do so that's what like that's for me it's like the biggest thing is is like you know it becoming now it's like asking people google review it wasn't now it's not even about google review it's just something that i love seeing it whenever i see like seven eight lines google review it just makes my day <laughs> like so i really want to know what people not just because of what you should be having google reviews all that for your business it just i love seeing what people think about me right like yeah the longer the replies the longer it makes me feel like okay i've done my job well and i need to fix it because seriously with our situation where we're sitting in life is like you know we can actually make people in a home where they can live at home stress-free and they can call that home or mm -hmm. power where we can actually give somebody a home that is just not a good home for them right so we do yep. have the power of doing that too to someone's life so it is something that we should all feel proud if you can go back in real estate like you know let's just say you're starting tomorrow you're like, you know what? I'm a new realtor because that's one of the things because you're starting a team. And I always wonder as a new realtor, what would you do on your first week or first month? Let's say, what would you do? I think one of the most important things that we can do right now is communicate our value with people. And the best way to do that is having their contact information. And so making sure that you are starting a database early names, numbers, email addresses, and communicating with them on a regular basis. The biggest names in real estate, the most successful agents are the ones that have the largest database of people that they can communicate with. And you can look at your social media as a bit of a database, but you got to be putting out relevant content. I mean, so many agents right now, uh, maybe I'll get some hate for saying this, it's garbage. It's straight hot garbage what they're putting out for social media content because it's all about them, how good they are, how oh, they're the best and look at me. Nobody cares about that. So I think just having a database of people, whether it's social media, preferably email, building a strong database of email contacts and then marketing to them on a regular basis with quality content and good information. That right there, if you can start that early, it's going to take three, four, five plus years to really start to pay off. But once it does, you're set. You'll never have to worry about attracting clients again. That's amazing. And you know what? no one talks about the database at all like which is the strangest thing for me is like people don't pay attention i see i was one of them for three to four years guess what i did with my database nothing i don't even know if i saved most of the emails i actually didn't because i started paying attention like two years ago when i started realizing it hey like instead of running around for like the clients outside or people outside and looking for deals you have people sitting in your database and you've done such yeah. a well job to them like or you've done something to make sure they stayed in your contact why not reach out to them and give them a couple of advices, teach them stuff, do things with them, right? And in that case, at least like they'll be the one who's going to go around and give you more deals if you're making sure you keep reminding them you're their person, right? Let me give you an example. I did a deal this year where she originally called me on a house that was in her neighborhood, just curious to know what it was worth. I said, well, give me your email address. I'll stay in touch with you. Oh, and by the way, I send out this monthly market video every month. Would you mind if I send that to you? Two years, I sent her this video. She called me to list one of the revenue properties. And I kind of asked her, I said, oh, you know, why did you call me? She said, her brother asked, how did you get this real estate agent? She's like, I have no idea. He's just been sending me emails for the last two years. That's amazing. So I literally did a deal simply because I was sending her an email and no other agents were. And she needed a real estate agent at the time. And she didn't know who else to call. 
That's amazing. You know what? That's why you should start a team. <laughs> if you didn't start the team right now, people like you deserve to start your team because you need to give this out to the realtors because a lot of realtors are lost or they don't know what's going on. They need good mentor, right? Same thing as a mortgage broker. There's a lot of mortgage brokers. They're just lost. They don't know how to grow their business. We yeah. got to have the right people teaching them. So I'm super glad like, you know, you started this. So if I was a realtor, how do I find you? Or if I was a client looking for your information, how do I find you? Yeah, just Scott Ziegler on any of the platforms. I'm most active on Instagram. And yeah, most of my content is really geared towards education and giving people value. So if you pull up my page and you see some value there, I'd definitely follow me and I'll follow you back. Amazing. Thanks again for your time today and best of luck in your business. Thanks for having me and thanks for accommodating my schedule, even though you didn't ask me to be on your podcast. I asked you to be on your podcast, so I, I appreciate it. No, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Real Sask. Stay tuned and subscribe to Atif's channel to hear more about real estate in Saskatchewan.